The Run Culture podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan and an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself and an experienced physiotherapist that specialises in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or run therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. My name's Dane Verway, as you know, and today it's just me chatting about a concept that's pretty close to my heart, and I really want to change runners' frame of mind when it comes to injury. So the concept today that I want to talk about is I want more runners to accept that getting injured or underperforming can be a good thing. So obviously, as runners, we all want to perform consistently and we want to avoid long injury layoffs. Form slumps and long-term injuries as super keen runners are the pits. But what if I was to say they are a necessary evil? Aiming to starve off injury or reaching for PVs are two very contradictory ideals. If your sole aim is to prevent injury in your running, Well, this is easy. Don't push. Don't change what is working. Run within your comfort zone. On the other hand, if you are determined to push your body to performance levels it has never achieved before, this requires challenging training that stresses the body. Occasionally, when searching for that bit extra in training to optimize our running performance, we overtrain. This can lead to injury. So as you can see, there is an adaptation sweet spot. Understress the body in training and you won't improve, but you won't get injured. Overstress the body for too long and the chance of injury is high. The art is working out your sweet spot. If you look at running load, you can dial in frequency, so how often you run, duration, the length of your run, and intensity, how fast you go. In regards to all these variables, what is your sweet spot? Your sweet spot is where you challenge your body just enough to improve, but you are able to recover enough from this training to consistently stay uninjured and avoid long injury layoffs in training. Your individual sweet spot changes, and this is where it gets hard. Because depending on work, stress, sleep, 
diet, age, training history, terrain, footwear, etc., your sweet spot can change. Avoiding running injury and ensuring optimal running performance isn't about luck, however. This may seem like a cliche thing to say, but there is always a why. In terms of viewing the bigger picture, if you're really serious about reaching your full potential as a runner, then you need to know running injury and poor performance are a necessary part of the tumultuous journey to finding your greater self. These experiences are necessary rungs in a ladder to learning what works for you. The key is to be really introspective and reflect on what our life circumstances and training look like during and before these times. Even weeks and months before these times. Often this honest reflection is best done with an experienced and credible trusted running friend, your running coach or a specialist running physio like myself. Someone external can often pick up on things that your own emotion and biases blind you from seeing. In this process, a diary, Strava or Garmin is invaluable. As a running physio, I can often confidently retrospectively work out what variables likely caused injury, but I often can't foresee them. You'd be the most in-demand physio in the world if you could forecast injury. So this is where I want to go over an example. And it's an example of how years ago, I'm talking centuries ago, they worked out how strong a bridge had to be and what loads it could tolerate um, physically and what the load capacity was on that bridge. So when they made a bridge over a river, um, they only would work out how strong that bridge was by precedingly driving trucks with heavier and heavier loads on them until the bridge broke or started to crack or shown signs of not coping. And therefore, retrospectively, they were able to work out how strong the bridge was and what loads the bridge could tolerate. Now this is exactly where we are at in the current day with running load. We, don't, we can't forecast running injuries, but we can learn from them. When we get a running injury, we need to look at the training we just did, and there will be something in that training regime that was too much, uh, that stressed the body too much or hampered your recovery and it led to the running injury. We can learn from that and work on that aspect of training or reduce that aspect of training so that you cope better next time. Another example and analogy is the glass of water analogy. If you have a 500 ml glass in front of you and every week you pour 100 mils or you know 10% more than that of water every week into that glass, soon 
after four to five weeks, six weeks, that glass will be overflowing of water. It'll reach its capacity. It'll be in what this analogy is trying to allude to, overflowing, not coping, no longer able to sustain and hold that water capacity. It'll be, in other words, injured. So what you have to do for that glass of water to start coping is plateau the training and not keep increasing it. You have to wait until the glass of water gets bigger and becomes a 750 ml glass of water and then you can start increasing your training and pouring more water into that glass and then the glass will tolerate the training. So both those examples, I love the truck over a bridge and glass of water example because they really do illustrate Firstly, the truck over the bridge illustrates that we can't forecast injury, but we can learn from it. And the glass of water analogy shows that we can't just keep increasing our training. There's going to have to be times where we plateau the training and wait for our body to grow and respond to the stresses and adapt. And then we can start changing training. So that plateau of training is just keeping things the same. It's what you would do if you're trying to avoid injury. You would uh, just not push. You would just stay in your comfort zone that you know you can tolerate. And it's not until you feel like your body's adapted and it's feeling like it's coping a month or two or three later that you start progressing training again. So there are so many variables at play whether it's mileage, frequency, intensity. So those three are all about training load, whether it's your muscle strength, capacity in your body, whether it's the biomechanics and the skill at which you move across the ground, the terrain that you run on, whether it's uh, yeah hilly terrain or flat terrain, the surfaces, whether it's concrete or natural surfaces, the shoes you run in, whether they're minimal or maximal kind of shoes, uh, your injury and training history, some of us are new runners, some of us have run for ages, some of us have an extensive training history, some of us have had a scattered training history, some of us had a, have had a lot of injuries, some have had hardly any. Uh, our age, whether we're a younger runner, an older runner or a middle-aged runner and external factors like our current stress levels, our work-life balance, our sleep that we get and our diet. So as you can see, there's a lot of variables at play. As you work out what works for you over time when it comes to these variables, you soon learn your sweet spot for each of these variables. And if you were to liken each of these variables as a dial on a transistor radio, you just dial one or two of these variables here and there, keeping the rest the same so that you just challenge the homeostasis in your body just slightly without totally losing control. So this is the art of running. You learn your body, you, you, you learn what variables and, and, uh, and uh, 
what works for you and you try to keep a lot of consistency and things the same and then when you're trying to improve you you work out what variables you feel like are specific to the event and your goals that you're trying to improve and where you feel like you're missing out from a performance side of things in training so some low hanging fruit variable that you feel like you'll get a lot of benefit from but is a low risk lower risk of injury so you feel like you will be able to recover um, despite adding that challenge to the system i found that a lot of the best runners in the world are often students of the sport they understand that injury is a highly potential outcome when you are searching to squeeze a bit more out of yourself and are searching for that marginal gain when you have already ramped up and exhausted so many parameters and the basic training principles. The body already has adapted to so much already when you are world class or you're a top level runner or experienced runner. Injury isn't down to bad luck. In fact, it is kind of cool. And I know this sounds kind of weird to hear, but keep with me here. Injury means the training you were doing was so hard it did something. It was stressing and changing the body. You just did it for slightly too long or you did it too hard or you did it too often. So don't get despondent. Learn from this, but next time tinker the dosage. So this leads me to one of my favorite concepts and terms in physio. This term is uh, quite a mouthful but it's called mechanotransduction. So mechanotransduction refers to the process through which your cells in your body sense and respond to mechanical stimuli, i.e. your training load, by converting them to biomechanical signals that elicit specific cellular responses and adaptation. E.g., so you stress your body and this stimulates growth if we didn't stress ourselves they wouldn't be stimulated to change so in layman's terms your body's systems are thrown into action due to the mechanical physiological and psychological stress you impart on it from training it then tries to heal adapt fortify and strengthen to the lifestyle you are feeding it Okay, so what do you do when you get injured? I really want people to start regarding injury as a positive. Like I just said, it means that you were stressing your body, your training was doing something. It was changing your body. You just did it for slightly too long, too hard or too often. So don't get despondent learn from this for the next time so reflect and learn first of all you've got to work out what is the diagnosis and why did it happen so like i said you often group up with an experienced running physio your running coach or experienced running buddy that is highly credible and trained in such analysis but you reflect on 
all the variables at play in training. So you reflect on the mileage, the frequency, intensity of your running training load, your muscle strength, and perhaps, you know, where you might fall down and, and your common weak spots. Uh, when it comes to, sorry, back, backtrack a bit, when it comes to your training load, was there a few variables in terms of mileage or frequency or intensity that you changed? And were some of these changes something that you haven't done for a while? You might have done before, but you haven't done for a while. Or have you never done them before? And did you introduce them too quickly? Uh, is there a biomechanical aspect to your running that puts you at risk for this type of injury? Was the terrain uh, an aspect to the injury? Uh, did you get a certain injury because you were doing too many hills? Or you know, does that relate in some way to the diagnosis? Does the surface that you're running on, where you're running on too much concrete and you're not used to it because you're on holidays and that's all that there was to run on, uh, was this part of the diagnosis? Have you changed shoes recently and you suddenly ran in a shoe that was completely different for your foot? Was this related to the diagnosis? Uh, do you have a history of this injury? Is your training history, uh, are you pretty new to the sport? Um, or does your training history, uh, is it quite different to the type of training that you've been currently doing? We're all getting older, so age is an element. Uh, when you hit 30 and beyond, your hormone levels are changing. You definitely take longer to recover. Your tendons and your muscles are changing. They can't quite handle what they used to from a strength capacity side of things unless you're doing something about it. Do you need to change your training? Do you need to add more cross training in? Do you need to do one session less a week? Do you need to add some strength training into your week as well? And then there are the external factors like stress. Have you been quite stressed lately? Have you been sleeping well? And what's your diet been like? Have you been nourishing your body well enough? You want to reflect and know what variables were the drivers behind the injury. So you can long-term find a sweet spot for these. Adjust and adapt your training accordingly because as ultimately, if you can stay consistent and you don't have a major injury for three to five years, as you have a greater grasp of what works for you, you learn from your injuries, this is the key to becoming more resilient and injury proof. But you also get yourself to a stage where you can adapt and tolerate uh, challenging changes in your training occasionally um, that you need to progressively adapt your performance. So if you can learn from your injuries and adapt your training variables so you find some sweet spots that work for you, you're more likely to stay consistent for a huge block of time to accumulate enough training that makes you resistant more resistant to change. So you can actually tolerate uh, progressive overload and more training. You can tolerate harder training than you ever used to be able to tolerate.
Okay, so what if you're no longer improving? Your performance has plateaued and you've, yeah, you've reached sort of a state where you feel like you're just not getting better. In this case, after a long period of trying the same thing, because of the phenomenon of diminishing returns, you have outsourced the adaptations you can get from your current training model. So the same reflective and learning process should ensue. Where can you improve in training? What parameters can you wind up but still ensure you are recovering and not getting injured? Where are you coming unstuck in your race goal? These are two questions that you should ask yourself when you're trying to progress your training. So where's the low hanging fruit in your current training plan that you feel like you can slightly tinker with and change and you don't run the risk of injury or you, or you, you feel like the injury risk is lower? For example, do you work on your diet? Do you need more rest and sleep? Do you need a better work-life balance? Do you need to purchase some super shoes? Do you need to add strength training to your routine? Should you, do you need to add cross training? Do you need to add speed? Can you add an extra run to your week? Can you add a little bit longer to some of your runs? Do you need to add hills or some slight speed work? These are all variables that you should think about. Now, this is pretty much the podcast for the day. I want people to start viewing poor performances and injuries a bit more positively. Getting injured and underperforming can be a good thing if you are prepared to reflect and learn from them. If you are prepared to learn from these experiences, you adapt your training so it suits you better. And if you're doing training that suits you better, you're more likely to perform and you are less likely to get injured. Everyone needs to understand that the running journey is up and down. It's not linear. It's not smooth, it's not perfect. If you really wanna get better, you have to test yourself. But how much is too much? Sometimes we have to use that truck over the bridge analogy. The only way they worked out how to make the bridge stronger or what the bridge could tolerate was by breaking the bridge and learning retrospectively. And this is the same with running training. The only way we can work out what is overtraining and too much is by doing. And then you do it, you learn from it, you adapt and adjust. Now when injury and poor performance isn't a good thing, it's when the runner doesn't learn from it. So if you aren't prepared to reflect and learn and you're stubborn and you just keep making the same mistake, then of course, uh, yeah, long-term injury and poor performance 
isn't a good thing. But I just want to get runners to understand that it's part and parcel of the sport. And when you are a bit overtrained and injured, it actually is kind of cool. Because it means you were close to the mark. You were stressing and straining your body, but you just didn't quite have the dosage right. I mean, I like it's, it's funny how, yeah, I really like this concept because um, it, it's, it's empowering. It feel, I feel like as runners, we really have control of our destiny by doing the training we can positively change our body by stressing it our body adapts to the stress that term mechanotransduction is just so cool by doing work your body grows but you just need to know the right amount of work and what's a good amount of work for sustainable change uh, just recently this week I talked to a marathoner midweek and he's been having trouble with his nutrition, in-race nutrition and getting stitches halfway throughout the race. I wasn't sure that was the case and I asked him, well maybe you're going out too hard and maybe you just need to be a bit more conservative at the start of the race. And that's why you're, you know, struggling the last 10K. But he, he was quite adamant. He's like, nah, it's definitely, I wasn't fatigued in my last several marathons. It was definitely just because of the stitch. He felt good body-wise and energy-wise. It wasn't a fatigue problem. It was a nutrition problem. And I responded, well, that's kind of cool. And then he said, well, how can that be cool? And it was the same mindset. It was, well, great. That's something that you can change. You're working on it. You're trying new things. You've been doing testing. Your next marathon, you actually got a plan to do something different. You've learned from your negative experience and you're trying to adapt your in-race nutrition so it's specific to you and your physiology. That's kind of cool. You've learnt from a mistake or, or yes, not getting it right, and now you're trying to adapt and get it right. Another example that I just want to finish with is uh, one of the boys I trained uh, uh, at the end of last year asked me if we can progress his training. He just finished uh, 18 months of just non-stop PBs. No joke, he'd probably progressed um, and done about 10 PBs on the trot. And I responded like, why, why change something when you're still improving? Like, what's the point? Like you're only running the risk of, of training overload and error and, and in potential injury and, and overtraining and why not we wait till your performances plateau and then we start to think of okay what's the low-hanging fruit how can we progress your training to to try to seek further adaptation to improve performance i think 
too often we're always looking to progress our training when if we're improving off the same training load let's ride that wave until it finishes let's ride that wave until we've squeezed everything out of it and we know that our performances just aren't changing then it's time to reflect and work out what we should change in training to try to get a little bit more out of um, the body and i think a huge part that a lot of people miss and overlook is just getting your sleep right or getting your work-life balance right or getting your rest and recovery right doing some or your diet right just doing those one percenters right first uh, too often as runners we're drawn to training harder training bigger training more um, first and and we still haven't um, got those cardinal key aspects to training right okay well i hope this has been um good food for thought i hope you've enjoyed listening to me rant on about why injuries and underperforming can be a good thing i hope i've got you to recontextualize your thoughts on this topic and uh it this you know despite saying it's a good thing i hope you aren't injured and i hope you are performing well because it means you've got your balance right but don't don't stress if you are because it's just a necessary evil it's part of the process it's part of the journey often there feels like there's more downtimes than up as runners if there is then maybe you're not learning maybe you're not learning from your mistakes and reflecting hard enough okay that's enough from me until next time keep running see you later